Welcome to Oh! The Stories We Will Tell, hosted by best-selling authors and speakers, Ryan and Laura Dobson. We're pulling back the curtains to give you a behind-the-scenes, unfiltered, honest look at our life together, from day one up to today. Everything. We'll tell the stories of all the laughter, tears, triumphs and failures that helped make us who we are. Here we go. So let's join the Atomic Mum and the Disruptor, Ryan and Laura Dobson, for this episode of Oh! The Stories We Will Tell. Oh, what's happening? Hi, everybody. Good to see you. Oh! The Stories We Will Tell, episode 13. Welcome. 13 episodes. I like number 13. Yeah. It's one of my favorite numbers, people. That was our last anniversary. We're getting ready to go on 14. I said it was our lucky anniversary. We just celebrate... We don't celebrate on Valentine's Day. We celebrate on the 13th. It's much easier to find babysitters, and I like the day better. But this year we did celebrate on Valentine's Day. This day we did. This year we did. Yeah. But usually, on on average, you over the though, years. Here's the truth. When we first got married, we celebrated on the 13th of February every time because all the restaurants had reservations. You could get babysitters, yep. the whole deal. And our favorite restaurants have caught on to that and are now doing like 13, 14, 15th. They have the special stupid menu that costs four times as much for the same food you're going to get every other time. But it's like, ooh, it's a couple's meal this time. Shut up. That's so ridiculous. Not all of them. No. But our favorite one did. Our favorite one did. The Mona Lisa. Oh, all right. Um, updates. You can see in the corner over by Laura, we hit number 25 on the iTunes Top 200. Super stoked. And this, I don't know how it's happening. It has to be because of you. And so thank you so much for sharing. Thank Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Thanks for going to your friends' phones and subscribing to the podcast for us. Thank you. Thank you. Because we have grown over 40% this month. In one month, guys. In one month. I don't know what happened. I don't know if it's going to happen next month or if it'll stay on the same trend. Um, But But we we, are happy and blessed. So thank you all, all you listeners and and everyone for sharing it with your friends. And are you going to share about the countries? Yeah, we're in over 50 countries around the world. Over 50 countries. So all you people listening in all the cool, what are the top 10 countries? Uh, USA, Canada, Australia, UK, New Zealand, Puerto Rico, Japan, South Africa, Kenya, Peru, Guinea, Israel, Netherlands, Germany, China, Mexico, Bahamas, Brazil, Uganda, and the Philippines. That's more than 10. But it's Konnichiwa, Watashiwa, Laura Des. That's the only thing I can say in Japanese. Wow. We should jo- Oh, ich bin surfing gegangen. That's like I went surfing yesterday in Germany. We got German, right? Yeah. Let's see how many languages. No, just kidding. Let's move on. But yeah. thank you all for listening. We are so pr- we are just so over the moon. I can't believe you speak those languages like that. That's hilarious. <laughs> I spent a lot of time in other countries before you. Definitely. So keep sharing it, please. That is what keeps us going. Um, it keeps our sponsors coming to us. Thanks to MyPillow, MyPillow.com, code word REBEL. Code word REBEL. on a four-pack of pillows. By the way, I only know one person that didn't like their MyPillow. I know two. Yeah? Yeah. But I know tons of people now. That love it. a bunch of guests that are like, oh, no, no, I love MyPillow. I got it. And da, yeah. Da, da, da. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And then the one, of the, the one person that I know that didn't like it just wanted a bigger one. Yeah, just wanted more pillow. Yeah, you stole my pillow last night. I did. Yeah. You Sorry. have your own. I know. Sorry, I couldn't. I don't know What's what I was deal? doing. Both no of my deal. pillows you stole. Really? And the blanket. I don't know what the deal was. Let's, and then you got totally on. mad because on I was a show. stealing we're, the blanket. We're on a show. Oh, the stories will tell. I didn't get mad. 
I couldn't figure out what was going on last night. Bad dreams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so last time we talked about some stuff that was pretty hard. Um, and uh, it does at times, you know, when you go back and look at things, there are some pretty dark spots. I will say, because we did a show on addiction and we did a show on depression. Um, there is, man, I should, uh, I'll get producer K to tag it or to link it on our Facebook page. Uh, there is an exchange between Joe Rogan and Dr. Phil. Yes, that Joe Rogan. Yes, that Dr. Phil talking about <laughs> depression. That's really, really powerful. It's really powerful. Um, Ooh, let's tag it. Yeah. Um, Cause I think there's a lot of people that are really confused about what depression is or, you know, mm-hmm. how to help, how to, what to do when you have it or do yeah. I even have it? Things of that nature. So it's a really good one. Uh, there was something else I was going to say too, but I forget about it. Oh yeah. One of the things he was talking about, this is the big one that I was talking about this at the end of the show last time when we talked about depression is with certain doctors, if your only tool is a hammer, then everything becomes a nail. And with a lot of doctors, the only tool they have is a prescription and that's all they do. And because of the way our healthcare system is running right now, they have about five minutes with a person. They got about five to 10 minutes with a patient. That's the most they have. Otherwise they, they can't make a living anymore. It's not like it used to be. And so they come in and you go, wow, I'm feeling really, really sad. And they go, okay. And they write you a prescription for it. What they don't do is say, why are you sad? What are you going through? What else is going on? You know, when we talked two episodes ago about losing Laura's mom and her almost dying and having a colicky baby, there were very real, tangible reasons why we were both sad. We had lost all of our sleep. We lost Laura's mom. I almost lost Laura. She almost lost her life. We were dealing with really heavy things. Well, guess what? That should make you sad. That's okay to be sad about those things. It's okay to be sad that your baby won't stop crying 24 hours a day, that he cries and screams all the time, that there's no way for you to comfort him. You know, 90% of the time, there's nothing you can do. That's okay to be sad about. It's okay to be sad when you lose your mom or you lose a, or you almost lose your spouse. Those are things that should make you sad. Yes. And it's important to get with a third party, to get with a counselor, a therapist, somebody to talk through those things and to get the skill set to deal with sadness in those times. Yeah. Uh, but when you go to the doctor and you say, I'm really, really sad, if they don't have enough time to go, why are you sad? Then most likely what they're going to do is prescribe you something and that's not going to help you get over your sadness or your grief. Well, it, not to say that it can't, but not in conjunction with other um, therapies or yeah. other rituals that you're going to implement. Don't expect the medication just to get you better. Um, right. we've seen the downfall of that in many, many people and we are not doctors. We are not, we are just people telling our experience here, but we have seen friends that have tried to just go on the medicine and thinking that the medicine's going to fix them. And it, and it doesn't, and what happens is doesn't do that necessarily. So I so, don't know if we need to get into all this, but yeah, of course we do. Cause here's the thing. When you get depressed, you stop doing certain things and you stop getting the accolades you get normally in life. And so you go on work. a depressant and you start feeling better. And you start doing the things that that make you feel better and you start getting those accolades. And if you are going on an antidepressant because of a tragic situation in your life, because of a traumatic situation or trauma or something like that, and you stop taking it without going to therapy, the situation's still there. Yes. And so you just need the skill set and the tools to get you beyond those points. Yes. Seek a third party. Always seek a third party to help. Get a team around you. There, you know... 
I was trying to think about our first year and like, oh my goodness, it was so tough. And there were some definite bright spots. And I thought of one that I haven't told you yet, but I am wearing a jacket that I bought in our very first year of marriage. That one? Yeah. I don't remember. From Matt. So I have oh, a friend. Oh, yeah. I'm going to tell you a little quick story. Uh, I was a counselor at Canica Camps in Missouri for Joe White. Shout out Joe White. And one of my kids... I just kept in t contact with. And then when I went through my divorce, I went back to Kanakuk for a month to try to get a break. And he was there working. And it was the summer that he met his future wife. And I hung out with him a lot. I was out on the dock and he was in charge of the dock. I hung out with him a lot. And we became closer friends. And when I left, we kept in contact. Well, then he moved, he got married and he moved to California to go to the Fashion Institute of Merchandising and Design. And studied that, was really, really into it. Um, when he got married, I bought his wife a surfboard um, for their marriage, for their wedding. Uh, and I made it super pink and girly so he couldn't ride it and he was totally mad at me. What a great gift. Which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> um, and his plan was to open up uh, a clothing store in California. Well, the market was totally oversaturated. And so he moved back to his hometown of Kansas City and opened up uh, Standard Style. Uh, and over the years, my friend Matt Baldwin has skyrocketed uh, to where Vogue magazine and GQ named his denim brand, Baldwin Denim, the number one denim in America. Mm. Uh, he works with like Jason Sudeikis and Kendall Jenner. He's in the New York Fashion Show. And I get to like follow his life on Instagram and we text and talk every now and then. And he's just such an amazing guy. He is, he and his wife and their family are just so awesome. They've been through hard times and they've gone through situations and they've always been there for me. But once or twice a year, they do this crazy sale where they get rid of everything. Um, and I don't know if I was, I was speaking at some event cause I stayed with Janan Jenkins. Oh yeah. And then I went to Matt's store. I don't even know if I told you. Were we married? Oh yeah. Cause I remember staying at Janan's. No, this is without you. Oh, okay. You weren't there. Um, I stayed at her house once too. But I went to Matt's store. They had this crazy year in sale. And then he gave me like this insane friends and family discount on top of it. <laughs> uh, and I found a girl that was about Laura's size. And I said, my wife is about your size. And I think she would like you. So tell me, by the way, I learned this from my mom. Uh, I'll say that in one second. Uh, tell me what you would want in this store. And she was like, oh my goodness, really? And I was like, yes. And so she went through, and I learned this from my mom. When my mom, when I was a teenager, she had no idea what clothing to buy me. Like no concept of what to get me at that age. And so she would go to the mall and go into clothing stores and find girls around my age. And she would go, my son would think you're cute. What should I buy him to wear? <laughs> and then they would pick out clothes for me. And then she would come home and be like, no way. Mom picks out cool clothes all the time. Well, that was her secret. She told me that years later. That is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> shout that, out to Shirley. Shout out to Mama. For being super industrious Thanks, and Mama clever. Love. Yeah. So I went through. I'm not kidding. I bought. I was still working then. My my work had not dried up at that point. That'll come next year. Um, I mean, I came home with, I came home with suits for me. Because remember Matt gave yeah. me his suit that he didn't wear anymore right i have this jacket 13 years by the way i've had this jacket i just upgraded it too it's been and upgraded i came home with so 
much clothes for you. I remember, do you remember that? that. I do. I had bags and bags I and still have bags it all. of clothes for you. Yeah. And it's so funny because like we should go to standard style again someday. This is the thing that Matt would do. Matt would pick clothes out for me. And then six months later, I'd see them on TV. Like I remember he picked out like three or four shirts for me to wear on stage when I spoke. And no lie, eight months later, I saw them on like road war road rules on MTV or an MTV VJ would be wearing it. And I'd be like, how am I wearing this before you? It's because he's that smart. He's that forward thinking. He knows what's going to be in style and in trend long before it comes out, long yeah. before it comes out. He is so talented and so smart. So if you're in the Kansas City area, um, definitely stop by uh, Baldwin Denim and Standard Style and say hi to uh, Matt and Emily Baldwin for me because they are just the most precious, precious people. And then shortly after that, so we were living, we when we moved out here, my parents bought a house in 19... 81. 90. Oh. And never 90. moved in. Yes. So they were moving to Colorado Springs. The whole ministry focused on the family was moving out here. And they came out and it was a super depressed economy. And they bought a house. They bought a house by a place called the Broadmoor Hotel. It's an actual four-star hotel. It is super fancy, super nice. The only time we've stayed there is there with my parents when they have events. I think it's just once or twice, right? Yeah. Yeah. We never get to stay there. It's so fancy and so nice. And they bought a house like two blocks away from the Broadmoor by the golf course. And it's huge. It's 2,800 square feet. It's on a full acre. And they were going to, because it was built in 1949. It's a weird house. Like all the walls are cinder block. <laughs> cinder block. Every it interior was a wall. self-made home. Yeah. The guy who built it, built it himself. It's all cinder block on the inside. It was totally weird. It made noises. It for sure made noises when the we moved in. The heater didn't work. It was all two-prong old. like. Oh, yeah. The old, plugs were all old. old. We had to get prong. all the plugs replaced. The windows were single-pane steel oh, frame. Oh, it was so cold in the freezing winter coming winter. from California. Yeah, It yeah, was yeah. like freezing. But it's in this the crazy fancy neighborhood. Yeah, so like it's the in... The fanciest neighborhood in you Colorado You can think Springs, of, yeah. For sure. The most expensive homes, the nicest homes, and... You know, like when you're little and you hear about parents driving their kids to like Beverly Hills to go trick or treating because they have full size candy bars and like you get the mother load of candy and blah, blah, blah. There's always those like everybody listening that grew up trick or treating uh, grew up hearing stories like that. Yes. There's no kid that didn't grow up trick or treating that's never heard of like those neighborhoods that all the rich people live in and they hand out the like, big stuff, the big stuff that you got to go to. And so Laura and I, it's our very first year. We got this little tiny baby and we were going to be that house. Like I went to Costco and I bought boxes of full size candy bars. Yeah. <laughs> like I had full size Snickers, full size three Musketeers, kick, you, you name it. I bought it. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, we're going to be known as like the greatest house in the world. It's going to be so awesome. I don't think 20 kids came to the house. Yeah. It was a total blowout. It was such a bust. It's like, you know, when you just gear yourself up, like it's going to be so rad and then nothing happens. And it was like, for me, it was one of my first times ever passing out candy. Like we were parents oh, yeah. now, we were adults now, <laughs> and we were going to be the cool, the cool, the cool adult, house, the cool adults, uh, you know? Oh my, we had so much wrapped up in it. And then it was just a buzz. Total. Total buzzkill. Total, just like, total. Bummer. Oh no. Right? Nothing. So we had a lot of chocolate for a lot of t lot of days. Oh, did we ever? No wonder I gained so much weight our first years. <laughs>
I tell you what, I did make up for it though. Do you remember how much I decorated the house for Christmas? Yeah. On Christmas, I went full Griswold style. Like I did every piece of the roof. Like I outlined every bit of the roof and our house had three roofs. It was like three levels in these different areas. Yeah, it was so pretty. I did all the roof, every line of the roof. I wrapped the windows. Uh, I wrapped all the windows. The trees. I did the chimney. I did a spiral all the way up the chimney. I did all the trees in the front, and then I had um, uh, like little balls, little Christmas, balls. Christmas balls. Yeah, hanging down the big ones. By that, the way, when we light up, this is the truth that we're all pink. So when we, we looked. It when looked we awesome. sold our house, the chimney was still wrapped from our very first year. Oops, sorry, Jim and Shirley. They don't care. They never lived there. By the way, my parents never moved in. Ever. That was the whole thing. They were going to knock it down and build a new house because it was a weird old house. And then they thought, you know, it's going to look kind of, kind of like uh, pretentious. That's a nicer word for it. I didn't have that word. That's pretentious. Good. If this ministry leader comes in in a depressed economy where everybody's poor and builds some big fancy house. And so instead they bought a condo and they've lived there ever since. Yeah. A nice condo. I like it. I like it. Um, and then right after Halloween, I was invited to do a big event in Australia. For but wait, right before then, we decide this house needs a puppy. No, we got a puppy the day after we moved. I know. That was all we told that a long time ago. Oh, we did. Oh yeah, about them barking when Lincoln brought we brought Lincoln home, and I said, "This is baby Lincoln." Oh, He's gonna sorry, live here. I'm a year behind. Yeah. No, he's already home for. Oh, okay. Long. He's been. He's one year old now. Sorry, everybody. Yeah, he turned. He's his birthday is October. 16th. By now, we probably have three puppies. I'll tell you what was nuts though, because he was the first baby of my parents, and they talked about him on the radio all the time. We got crazy, crazy amounts of gifts for Lincoln. Like we got this gifts old, came in the mail. We people. got those. Um, it was time amazing. life commemorative, commemorative Abraham Lincoln plate. Uh, and we didn't name him after Abraham Lincoln, but we had got we, so much so Lincoln's, many Abraham Lincoln stuff, like the silver jars and the we got so oh, much just stuff. so much books, all kinds of Abraham. We have lots of Abraham Lincoln memorabilia. Yes, we do. Mm -hmm. So if he ever gets into it, so I got invited to speak in Australia right before um, Thanksgiving, and Laura's whole family was going to celebrate Thanksgiving in Hawaii at her brother's house. And so we were going to go to Australia and then go from Australia to Hawaii to celebrate Thanksgiving with them. And and I, when we're in Hawaii, we were going to do my mom's ashes. That's right. That's, we're going to scatter, that scatter my mom's ashes mm -hmm. out in front of my brother's home in Hawaii. So that was the whole purpose. And I'd been struggling in ministry. The, the work had started dwindling down. Yes. And I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it. Uh, and I was exhausted. I was still, my goodness, I'm, I'm not telling you, I am telling you, having a baby that's colicky for seven months is like the reverberations from that, the domino effect from that were far, far reaching, like really far reaching. Mm. Um, so we go and fly to Australia and we brought our friend Allison with us to help out because we had a one-year-old baby on a 14-hour flight. Yeah. And she was going to help us while we were in Australia because I had to work every day. He was, he has like I did four 14 events in seven days. Seven days. It was just 
Yeah. I had every day he had events. Every day. And some days he even had more because he was doing radio spots. So in between events, he would do a radio spot here and then get driven to another place to do another radio spot. It was just... It, it was, was a work trip. It wasn't a play trip, everybody. It the was, first week was work, and then they gave us then they gave us a five, free condo, five days, five days in a condo in, in Burley Head. Oh, oh so let's get to that fun. in a second. Let's get to that in a second. That was neat. So, um, <clears throat> so we you spoke. wait. We were still living in. Why were we in California? Because we flew to California to catch our flight. Right. So, so we left here to fly we out of LA. We flew to California so we could fly out of LAX. On a, on a... A direct. A direct. That's right. We had to get a direct. So we had a car service take us to the airport at 10 o'clock at night. And we go in and they canceled our flight. Our flight had been canceled. It was going to fly out the next morning at, at 10 a.m. And then they said, though, we had to check all of our bags that night. And I was like, we have a baby to the check-in girl. And she's like, well, just take some stuff out. And I go, obviously, you're not a mom. And she got super offended right there on the spot. And I'm like, yeah, but like a baby needs baby stuff. Like we've packed all kinds of baby stuff in our bag. It was so bananas. So we get, uh, they put us up in this hotel and we get to the hotel and it is a furry convention, not Comic-Con. <laughs> furry. A furry convention. Oh, it is the classic. freakiest, craziest there's a rave going on. It was not cool. And we are brand new parents. We've got this tiny one-year-old baby. He's just and staring like at these animals. People in, in like furry costumes. Of It was kind of funny. <laughs> I didn't know what it was until sometime later. And now I know what that is. And it was like, I oh did not know what it was at all. Goodness. But it's like, unks, 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 like all that night. kind of music all night long. Baby doesn't want to sleep. It's some borrowed pack and play from the hotel. We get up the next morning to fly to Australia. We get to the airport and we take off at 10 in the morning. Well, Laura and I are exhausted. We were planning on sleeping all night with a baby on an airplane and we are exhausted, exhausted, exhausted. And now they're going to try to acclimate people to Australian time. So we take off and they shut all the shades and Lincoln's like, it's party time. It's awake time. It's I'm a baby. It's 10 in the morning. Let's do stuff. And he did not sleep virtually the entire flight. Yeah, he took a one little two-hour nap. Yeah, he was awake for hours. 12 of the 14 hours. The people behind us took their shoes off and then stuck their feet through the seats. Like, oh, I had to yeah, tell them to that? move their feet, and then they got mad at me for telling them to move their feet from in between our seats. Like, someone's bare, stinky foot sticking through my seat on my armrest. Like, that's the kind of flight it Remember was. you got stabbed by the fork? That's what I was going to tell. Oh, so unbeknownst to me, I'm walking around with Lincoln. I walked him around that flight over and over and over. Like he had barely begun to walk. He would hold onto my fingers and we would walk up, up one aisle and then down the next aisle and up one aisle. I mean, I did miles and miles and miles on that airplane while not sleeping. We all did. Um, and I had dropped mm. a fork in my seat and didn't know it. And you know, when you like scoot back in your chair real fast I did that and stabbed myself in the thigh with a fork. And I, I told this on the story a while back, but this is the kind of flight it was. Like, I didn't jump up and be like, ah! I just was like, oh. And Laura goes, what happened? And I stood up and turned around and I'm like, this happened. And there's a fork sticking out of my leg. Like, I literally had to yank a fork out of my leg. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's how gnarly it was. It was we so... We were so exhausted. <laughs> but then we finally get there. We get did, there. Did, did we talk about that event? We must have already talked we about did, that. We I did, but I don't remember on what. So let's, we'll do it anyway. So Dr. Archart was there. He was amazing and brilliant. And we if were at this event. If you haven't read him, you've got to read him. He's amazing. We were at this huge, like either Australian football rules stadium or yeah. a cricket stadium or something. And it was gorgeous and fancy and super nice. And we're at a table with all these important people that are there to see me speak. And it's like the VIP table with like special donors and all of this. And I'm sitting there. I fell dead asleep at the table. Like, And I'm just head down asleep. Like out. Also, just- I am uh. And I was like, huh. and I woke up with a start and I'm so embarrassed. And Dr. Archhart and his kindness, he was like, don't you worry. You just keep sleeping. We'll tell you when it's time for you to go on. And I fell back asleep. Like on a while later, like he woke me up and he's like, it's time for you to go on. And I was like, okay. And like, I am out of it. Um, and we did event after event. I did event after event after event after event after event. I mean, it was, and you're off time zone, like for sure opposite time, time zone. And I kept getting more tired and more tired and more tired and more tired. And we finished with this huge, huge, huge youth event. Oh yeah. That um, I didn't go to. Mm-mm. You're I, with baby. I stayed with the baby and Allison, yeah. giving Allison a break because she had been working so hard with the kids. I don't know if I've never told this story publicly, um, but I remember being on stage and giving my talk and having a conversation in my head because I felt like I was phoning it in. And I just didn't know. I was depressed and I was tired. I was just so tired and so depressed and so exhausted. And I hadn't recovered from almost losing Laura and I hadn't recovered from losing Linda and I hadn't recovered from colicky baby and all the other things that were going on that year. And I was in a funk and, uh, that was the last event I had. And we spent five days in this beautiful, beautiful condo, um, going to the beach every day and, Mm. and having fun. But by the time we got, this is the other part too. We did a 14 hour flight to Australia and then we flew to Hawaii after that. And people were like, Oh my goodness, it was nine hours. What was that like? And we were like, what are you talking about? Nine hours is nothing. Like once you go through something like that, you're like, whatever, like nine hours, like we can go, we can do it. Like no big deal. But I can dist- I don't even know if I told you, but I can distinctly remember being in Hawaii yeah, and questioning whether or not I ought to be in ministry anymore. Yeah. And just thinking, if I wasn't in ministry, what would I do? But like- that was the trip. Because I do, you, you were, we were talking that. I do recall talking about that. And then that's the trip we ran into. Don't, you're going to steal my thunder. Oh, I won't. I got this whole thing planned out. I'm sorry. You're stepping all over me. Well, I just recalled it. No, sorry. We were having honest, I, I, we were talking about what would I do if I didn't, if I wasn't in ministry anymore. Yeah, authentically. Yeah. So we were on the North Shore of Hawaii, which is empty except for a very short window in the wintertime where they do the Vans Triple Crown of Surfing, where every great surfer from around the world gathers and they have like the greatest waves in the greatest locations and everybody is there. It is packed, 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 packed. My favorite place on the planet. Absolutely, 100%. There's no better trip than those trips that we've taken. And we stayed for a long, long time. Uh, we got VRBO had just come out, and we stayed with three super, super famous surf families. Who is it? Bradshaw? Ken Bradshaw. Yeah. 
That was the our Padak- first one. The Padakas. So the first one is Ken Bradshaw. Like right at Sunset, if you know Sunset. <clears throat> it's on the beach at Ken Bradshaw's house, right who is legendary in the surf world. Legendary. So that got us entry into all kinds of things. And then who was the one up the hill? Uh, Poncho Sullivan. Poncho Sullivan's house. And we helped him and his baby, whose baby had a little heart defect. Yep. So we were able to support them and give a shout out to them. And That was super awesome. Was and then super- we went to the Padaka's house. Stayed at the Padaka's for about four weeks, and that's where we spent New Year's. Oh, we'll get to New Year's in a minute. Yeah. Um, and so there's one supermarket on all of the North Shore called Foodland. So if you ever run into people, it's run into Foodland. You always see people at Foodland. And there's a Starbucks, one, on the whole North Shore. Maybe there's one at Turtle Bay. I don't know. Maybe there's one down now in Haleiwa, but I don't think so. Who knows? But I remember standing in line at Starbucks, and I hear this, Ryan? And I turn around, and my friend Christian Buckley is standing behind me who I hadn't seen in quite some time because I was living in Colorado. And I was like, hey. And he's like, hey, what's going on? I'm like, what are you doing here? And he had partnered with a guy named Aaron Chang, who if you type in famous surf photographers, Aaron Chang will be one of the first people that come up. Um, He is world-renowned for surf photography. And he had formed a partnership with, with Aaron, and they were working with all the news organizations, handling all the photographs from the Triple Crown of Surfing. Uh, and over the next few weeks, we hung out with them all the time. Yeah. And he talked me into not quitting the ministry. And he talked you into writing a book with him. Yeah, and we wrote a book together. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Totally. It was a good book. It won an award. Yep. Um, Outreach Magazine's Outreach Book of the Year. Um. Yeah. Called Humanitarian Jesus. Yeah, it was a good book. It's, it's right a, there. It's right there on the wall. It's a Christ, great By book. the way, Christian wrote most of the book. Yes. Yeah, uh, he really did. He was a very, very analytical. He's a great attorney. Um, man, he was into everything. Uh, really, really, really good guy. But he came along at the exact right moment when I was just at my lowest. And the truth is, we got tons of sleep in Hawaii. Yeah. Remember that first place we stayed as a little tiny one room? One room. Not one bedroom. Just one room. It was a studio. It was one room. Kitchen, everything in one room. That was amazing. We had so much fun. We were able to rest. We had an amazing Thanksgiving with Laura's family. It was totally awesome. It was totally great to spread the ashes. Oh, remember we closed the house down and the hurricane hit? Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. Do you remember the surfboard landing on my head? Oh, yeah. We have photos of that. That was kind of a bummer. Yeah. Laura got hit with the surfboard when they were doing Laura's mom's ashes. A big old paddleboard just bonk right on the top of my head. Yeah, when you were coming back in. Because the waves were really big. big. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Your whole family was leaving, and they asked us to close down the house. Yeah. And a massive like hurricane windstorm storm hit and knocked all the power out in the whole island. Uh, and so So we invited everybody over. We had everybody over for a barbecue outside. We didn't even go inside. It was Lumen. Uh-huh. And my friend Sonia, who I took to Indonesia, a missionary girl That's from right. Germany. That's how I learned all my German. Yep. And Lumen, who everybody should know Lumen. He's he's, a he's our bro. Now. He's Uncle Daniel. Um, all those photos that he took of Lincoln on that trip that we yep, still have today. That we're still blown up today. That's right. So 
And then the road got washed out. And it was just a bad one. It was gnarly storm. Crazy, crazy, crazy storm. But I remember being outside uh, barbecuing and had candles, candles and you couldn't see anything. It was so fun. And it was totally fun. And Christian came and Yep. And then it did Aaron come? Aaron came. I think he did, yeah. Yeah. Christian and Aaron came and It was, it was a just really, a good really time. good time. Producer K is about to walk in that door over there. Um Hi Producer K. Wow. We're doing a show. We're on live. Yeah. <laughs> We're almost done. It's been thirty one thirty two minutes. The last part of our trip, we stayed with this family, the Padakas, who are a big famous surf family, and they had kids, and uh, we saw Travis Pastrana do that crazy jump in the yeah. car. We all watched that on TV. But here's the thing about Hawaii. Hawaii celebrates New Year's like the rest of the mainland celebrates 4th of July. Like, there's fireworks stands, and there's fireworks, and we didn't really, like, they told us, it's, they said, hey, it's going to get kind of crazy tonight, like, just so like you know. It's like fireworks. It's like dynamite well so we bought fireworks though and that <laughs> night we were all lighting fireworks off remember yes we were I all did. lighting fireworks and lincoln had to have shoes on um oh so much fun yeah it really was it was a blast we needed it and then it got crazy like got... they were lighting quarter sticks of dynamite off all <laughs> night long and i mean the the noise like we hung blankets over all the windows in Lincoln's room. Yeah. Um, like, it was scary, the things that, that was going on. There were so many explosions. And you're by these hills, and you're in this valley, and it was just like, all night long. It wasn't M80s, people. Like No, 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 no. It was, it was like easy quarter stick, half sticks of dynamite, for half sure. half sticks, quarter stick dynamite, for sure. Just looking at each other going... <laughs> What is going on? Oh, like yeah. we I, we didn't go outside. It was scary to. Oh no! I was too that. scared to go outside. Yeah, it was hilarious. Way 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 scared. And then way we scared. woke up the next morning and went and asked the Padakas. Is like, is that what happens here on New Year's? They're and like, oh yeah, no big deal. Like, yeah, that's every that, year. That's how we celebrate. I was like, that is fantastic. Totally, totally, totally. So that is the end of our. Mm, little like first year and a half of marriage yeah that's the end awesome thanks for listening hope you guys are having a great day and thanks for making us number 25 on itunes top 200 keep sharing the podcast uh keep uh subscribing to it if you haven't subscribed how dare you subscribe to our podcast on itunes and give a shout out to my pillow one more time mypillow.com code word rebel for a discount on a four pack of pillows and to the voice of the martyrs helping those persecuted in countries that are hostile to our gospel all over the world Thank you so much to the voice of the martyrs, persecution.com. God bless. God bless you all.